beginning transmission 93, Runaways, Pride, and Joy. File under team building exercises. このエピソードへようこそ。毎週漫画の読書のザッタラバンドはスラッシュアマチュアニュースをしようと漫画とピアカクテルバーです。Facebook, a little more agitated and all actually here this week we are doing the book the runaways by brian k vaughn uh this first trade is called pride and joy unless you have it in some other format but you know what you can find it on line or on comiXology unlimited it's free on uh, marvel unlimited it's free or it's not necessarily terribly expensive to buy it or i have like a big omnibus with a bunch of stuff it's in it. anyway. also on pirate bay <laughs> it's true uh, it's also, uh, you know, if you or you can do what I do and just gaze through Adam's window as he reads it at night. And I just look over his shoulder through his window. It's a very comfortable tree outside of his window. But, you know, as long as I'm not there, I'm willing to share because I've read this one before. So if he goes back and he reads it, I'm not really reading as much as watching porn and masturbating. So I don't know what you think I'm doing. Why all the pages are so sticky. That being said, that's why I have an iPad, because I've got a great screen cleaner. Oh, good. Right off. Because, you know, as we learned from Jay and Silent Bob and all the Kevin Smith movies, is that if you let jizz dry, it's really a bitch to get off. So that's why you need a jizz mopper. <laughs> it's also why he just drives around downtown Salt Lake and then goes up to those guys who clean your windshield and just kind of holds out his iPad for them. They use their squeegee on it. Hey, it the helps. Best, it really does. The best two bucks I've ever spent in my life. Speaking of the best two bucks you've ever spent in your life, we have returning champion Mr. Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? Sorry I missed last episode. It was, it was a day. Um, but, yeah, here I am. I'm the uh, film critic and... Reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, uh, and coming back hopefully to uh, a podcast station near you, the Board of Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Yeah, we're kind of rebooting for the new year, so hopefully that will be up and running by the time this is out. Yeah, just busy up here. Uh, I think the week this comes out, or the week it, it's either in the middle of or after Sundance, It'll so I will of. I will be tired of movies by then, um, especially Never. the some of the really shitty ones that somehow make their way into Sundance. We, we don't know why. Is it the sequel to Mother? I probably. <clears throat> moist Mother. I hate you all. The moistest. <laughs> the moistest. It's like the macaroni and cheese instead of the cheesiest. It's the moistiest. <laughs> You're all going to hell. Um, yes, we are. But yeah, so doing that, and then as always, curating our scruff and grinder accounts. So, mm. and yeah, how are we, how are we oh, and we're, and we're on tights now too. Yeah, Z. Oh, tights. <laughs> Copyright pending. How, how are we doing on uh, scruff and grinder? I'm getting laid. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are. Someone's gotta. 
Butt babies don't <laughs> live. <laughs> butt babies don't live. Adam, is it you who tells me butt babies don't live? Babies don't live? I hate butt, butt babies. babies. Oh, butt, butt babies. babies. They, they someone a, at work. It wasn't me, but they do have a very low shelf life. I mean, <laughs> no, there's, there is, I have a friend at work who like always just says butt babies don't live. Butt babies don't live. Gross. I don't remember where that is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been trying to get pregnant now for... God, since I was 18, but still. You know what? You keep practicing. As as we have learned from Jurassic Park, life will find a way. Just a, a miracle might happen. Am I, honestly, I, I don't really want it to at this stage of my life. You know, getting mm-hmm. closer to middle age, and I really don't want to have babies when I'm, you know, in my 60s. Yeah. I think you'd be a good dad, though. Oh, I have no idea. That would be a good dad. I just... I, I enjoy. He already is a good dad. Just look at that. True. Well, or I was gonna say, and you know, his other son, Mr. Maya. <laughs> Plus, I'm getting close to actually being daddy status. So, if I have actual kids, that kind of puts a damper on that. So. No, then it could be a dilf. Well, that's kind of the point about five years. So. Yeah, but you could still be a dilf. Dilf it up. But that'd be like a double dilf, and that'd be weird. That's that loving that double double dilf though. That double dilf though. Double, <laughs> I've actually always wanted to try that. <laughs> that dim dilf. Do they still sell those at uh, Dairy Queen? The double dilf. What do you think, Porgy? <laughs> Mr. Pork, what do you think about the double dilf? <laughs> That's actually the sound of the uh, pork getting a double dilf. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, speaking of Adam's love child, Mr. Maya, introduce yourself. Hello, my name's Jeremiah. Uh, if you're in Salt Lake City, you can catch me at Dr. Volt's Comics, uh, 2043 East, 3300 South. I'm usually there Tuesdays and Fridays, but if I'm not there, still go in, check us out. We're an awesome comic shop. You can also catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya, because some other fucker already took Mr. Maya for some reason. Kind of a bitch. And uh, coming up later this, uh, hopefully soon, we'll start recording more episodes of the Breaking Babylon podcast, and I will let you know more about that as we go. Also, and this will probably, I'll, I'll have this post on our social media probably two episodes before this, but actually we'll talk about that at the end, the March Madness. We do need to discuss that, though, because we, we yeah. got to get something no, going. I, I'm... Uh, I'll have it going uh, when the next episode from when we're recording comes out on Monday. So, uh, also, uh, we have one of the other Utah lovers, Mr. Todd. Utah? Hi, I'm Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake City. You can find me hanging around places and wallflowering it up. (laughs) So, um, I do visit Dr. Volts on occasion. If you catch me there, be impressed, because that doesn't happen that often, but it happens. I sometimes go do the Lucky 13 pub trivia quiz. I sit there in a corner and do the quiz on my own, and I score like third or second place, and that's that. So yeah, come I feel like hi. Celine Dion should be singing right now. Yes. I know. Here, far, wherever, wherever we are. are. I was going more um, along with all by myself. That's that was a uh, Kramer or something. It was the guy who sang that. Thinking of you anyway. Um, oh, you should play that drop for Adam because I don't think he's heard it yet. No one was watching. Oh, Adam, yes. So Adam, Adam, so my question for you, Adam, who wrote Old Man Logan that first story? Was it Mark Miller? Ah, drink, fucker. <laughs> That's our newest drop. <laughs> nice. So now Adam is not the only one with drops. So mm-hmm. ah, drink, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, hey, oh, sorry, Todd, I was going to backtrack on your weird creepiness. Has, you. has anybody else besides me ever seen the TV show uh, Parks and Rec? Am I the only person who's watched this show? I've watched like a bits and pieces here. I've, I, I do okay. enjoy Fat Pratt. And one episode, I think it's about the third or fourth season. Basically, part of the thing is I've been doing a lot of programming at work, and I've been 
putting on shows that are very verbally interesting so that I can listen to those while I watch and something I don't have to visually watch. Right now, Parks and Rec has been the perfect thing. I never finished it before. I didn't like the first season when I first watched it, and I just kind of put it on. And somewhere around midway of the second season, I absolutely fell fucking in love with this show. So there's an episode where uh, Fat Pratt has a, a wedding and his bride-to-be, her friend, it's like this weird, really spooky, creepy kid who just kind of stands in their corner and looks at people and they're like, like everyone's just trying to avoid him the entire night and they freak out when he's there because he just kind of stands there and like is really intense like this is a weird goth kid anyway it kind of reminded me of you sitting around in creepy places you know all by yourself so i had a uh, sit in a meeting on interpersonal relationships today can you imagine that wow i know right oh honey. you weren't leading it no i wasn't leading it that would have been uncomfortable uh, first class of scotch. So in order for me to feel better, I'm going to sit in Maya's lap and have him pet Hey, me. that's my position. <laughs> well, assume it. I got dibs on those love sacks. <laughs> bags of love. Present bags of love. That's what it was. Present Sorry, bags them. of love. Present. So, hey, I'm uh, Brian. I'm a sound designer in Southern California, and I have shit going on. And, uh, there's a video game. And, I, and stuff. If you really want to know, go back and listen to past episodes. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it. So let's move on with our lives. So uh, this week we are reading. Can you tell them had a little bit of alcohol? Uh, I love you, Maya. Maya? Why do you, what did Maya do? I snorted. Oh, you snorted. Oh, okay. Cocaine! Uh, I do cocaine! I do cocaine! I'm Roxo, the rock and roll clown. 10-4. Our, our, so, our Metalocalypse fans love me right now, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one, like, I, I will say, I finally, I finished off the first two seasons of Rick and Morty because they're on Hulu, and I haven't, I haven't seen the third season yet. I have become a convert to Rick and Morty. So you are you're welcome, Adam. Yay! If you're going to attempt to watch Rick and Morty and understand what all this stuff is about, just start it at episode one, season one, and start watching it through. I tried watching it out of order and did not understand the concept of it, didn't enjoy it, sat down, rewatched it because I wanted to try to see what the fuss was about. About two or three episodes in, if you start from the beginning, I started to dig that. So Yeah, actually um, it's funny anyway. because uh, the last time we visited you uh, in California, we were staying at a hotel the night before we went and go went to go to a theme park. Yeah, and we were just living. Which theme park would that be, sure? Uh, it was one that's owned by an evil empire. Why will you not reckon Universal say that by Studios? Name? Yeah, it was Universal Studios, yes. But no, we were sitting there. owned by Comcast, which is an evil <laughs> empire. Yeah. But uh, so we were sitting in the hotel room and we were just flipping channels before we went to bed, and Rick and Morty was on Cartoon Network. And it was the, the Needful Things episode. And we had watched, because I'd bought this, the series a year or so before, and like the, watched the first couple episodes, didn't get it, didn't see why it was cool. And then it finally clicked for me while watching that episode. So we went back home the next day, and we were staying with some friends, and we binged the first season of, like in three hours. So yeah, there's there'll be one episode that will catch your attention, and you'll finally get the humor. You yeah. Go back, you start watching it again, and it all makes sense, and you'll you'll see why it's such an amazing show. But it does help to see the first episode, which actually sets up sort of the family dynamics and that kind of thing. Yeah, the Otherwise, and I, everything else. Yeah. yeah. I, I lost a little bit of it that way. Uh, other than that, once I understood that, the whole thing made sense, and I dug it. Where the fuck were we going with this? Anyway, we're not the Rick and so, Morty podcast. So anyway, we're a bunch of fucking nerds spending a Friday night talking about comic books. You know what comic book we're talking about this week? We're talking about The Runaways, which was written by Brian K. Vaughn way back in the 2000s, in the aughts, kids. Back in the aughts. I love we finally came up with a name for it after it ended. What the aughts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that weird fuzzy time period. I don't know. It's like, that's just one of those things. So my personal experience with this book, as I mentioned last episode, is I started reading I started reading this book, and this is one of the few books I bought individual issues of, when uh, it was being rewritten by, or started up again by Joss Whedon. 
Uh, and that's I started reading it there, and then I went back eventually and reread the original opening stuff and actually really enjoyed it. So what we're reading this week is the first six issues. Haven't had that much to drink. I'm just an idiot. Uh, so That's the third time you've done that today. <laughs> my poor future editing, Brian. I am sorry. I, I, no one's counting. No one's counting? I'm sure they're not counting. Ah, drink, fucker. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, is that a, is that a new drug? What? Anyway, <laughs> it might be. Me control for this episode. I see. I shouldn't have drank. Is what it is because we were already so weird on the last episode, and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna join the fun. I'm gonna have some drinks, and then so I've now had. I'm on my second glass of scotch. And uh, which scotch are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Highland Park, a 12-year. It's, you know, okay. it's nothing super fancy, but it's solid. It's, you know, it's pretty good. What's its um, alcohol percentage? Oh, I want to understand this. You want to understand this? Look at this. Uh, 43% alcohol. This. Oh, yeah. I've got some 43% here, too. It's awesome. Yeah. Perhaps we should talk about comics. We book. should talk about comics. So here's the deal. So this is basically what the story is for the Runaways. I'm going to give you a heads up on it, kids. I'm going to let you in on the 411. This is how this is going to go down. So what we got here is we got a group based in L.A. They talked about the superheroes being based in New York a lot in this book. So it's sort of in the modern universe. They understand the existence of superheroes. So you have like a it's a world where Spider-Man and Superman and all of them. Well, everybody in the Marvel Universe exists. They don't talk about DC. So fuck those guys. Ah, drink, fucker. So anyway, what we have going on here is we have these kids, right? Teenage kids, their parents get together all the time. Their parents are rich, whatever. And they, uh, all these kids, kind of, their parents are all different kind of weird. Like one guy's at, one parent has handlebar mustache because that's supposed to be cool. Fuck that noise. Um, then one guy's, you know, dad is like a, you know, big burly dude, whatever. So they are all, once a year, all these parents get together. They do some charity work, quote unquote. Uh, and the kids get to hang out. Well, the kids decide to get a little bit nosy. They go check out what the parents are doing. And they realize that the parents are making some sort of sacrifice to some sort of deity or to some sort of whatever. This group of parents all together, they keep calling themselves the pride, right? And so now these kids realize that their parents are super villains. And what are they going to fucking do afterwards? That's what becomes the runaway. So that's the beginning of the book. That's my sales pitch. How do you like it? That's how we're going to go with it. So I just want to say about Mr. Handlebar Mustache Dad. Yeah. This is the same era as the late singer of Metallica having that same handlebar mustache. The late singer of Metallica? Oh, I'm like, like, James Hetfield is not dead. And I saw at, of all places... He is to me! (laughs) I can respect that. He's dead to me! I'll be honest. Okay. Let's discuss this Metallica situation, right? First off, I thought Death Magnetic was a big steaming pile of bullshit right it was it was however the most recent album whose which name is escaping me recently let me look it up on uh but uh, look at us old guys trying too hard <laughs> it is a little bit it's called what is it called Wait, is that the name of this podcast <laughs> god damn it hardwired to self-destruct that's the name of the, the newest there album hardwired to self-destruct not awful not amazing it's not the black album it's fucking it's not even load or reload but it's not terrible i didn't love that coming blood cover on load <laughs> that's no he's not wrong that's exactly what it is there's a gay joke there i can't <laughs> comprehend right now so you can't comprehend a gay joke i call that bullshit you just don't want to say it out loud and i'm okay with that i respect that opinion of you no it's adam he would say it out loud if he wanted to okay i'll, I'll think of it and i'll say it like randomly at the end of the podcast and then everyone be like what the fuck is wrong with him okay well then, as if you can't tell, <laughs> we need a drinking game with this fucking book. Let's do it. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver 
for this week's drinking game. Remember it's only a game, and I'm not one of that. So don't take it too seriously, and above all else, please drink responsibly. Uh, so, Mr. Maya, do you have a drinking game rule? I do. Uh, it's called, yes they are, no they're not. Basically, anytime the kids are arguing over whether their parents are good or bad, or arguing whether they should do something about it or leave it alone, take a drink. Uh, Mr. Adam, do you have a drinking game? Uh, yeah, pride goes before a fall. Every single time they mention the pride. Oh, fuck. Again, the reason why we're doing this is because you're going to fall down on your face after you play this drinking game. Hence the name. Okay, fuck. You know why? Was, was that yours? Uh, yours? Not only was it mine, but it's a better fucking name than mine was. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'm snapping at you, sir. Um, yeah, shit. Okay, Todd, go and let me think of something else. <laughs> How many times has this happened to me, though? I know. <laughs> I normally well, go first called... to try to like keep my, my idea. Well, like, that's what I do. And that... Th- and that's why I didn't do it for this one, but t- that's why the last couple of books I've typically come up with a couple. Mm-hmm. Well, I typically do that Mine, as well, but I'm just not as prepared. Sure. Mine is, I want a fucking dinosaur for a pet. Yeah. So every time Arr. you see the dinosaur on the thing and people go, oh, fuck, that's a dinosaur. It's awesome. I want that. Take a drink. Thank you, Porgy. Okay. Well, shit. What am I going to be? Nico's kind of hot. Um, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. A, she's fictional. B, she's 16. And I got shit for liking the movie Call Me By Your Name with a kid 17. Jesus. Oh my god, we're going to hell. We're going to go to hell. We need to go, we need to go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Uh, shame. Sir. But I don't take the scotch with him. That's right. There's not much left, guys, because it's awesome. I'm going to go with parents just don't understand. Every time the parents discuss the children and don't have a fucking clue what the kids know or don't know, take a drink. I've got a follow-up game as well. Okay, what's that? Hey, this Statutory book moves rape. a lot of fucking faster than that TV show. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. We can discuss that after the break because I have some fucking opinions on the TV show. Okay. Okay. So before we get to that, since we're 20 fucking minutes in, and I'm sure I'll cut out half of that because we all sound like idiots. So uh, protecting our good name, uh, we're going to move forward and say we're going to take votes as to whether or not we believe that this dear book is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, what have you, to take the time and money to read this book. So So I have been asked by the judge to be the form. Book for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. Our dear listener. Along with each vote. Our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. What is your vote, Mr. Adam? Yes. Okay. Simple as that. Uh, Mr. Mayam? Mm-hmm. Yes. Todd, yay or nay? Yes. Well, then I'm going to say yes. We're keeping it simple. <laughs> We've spent 20 minutes talking about random bullshit. And now we get on point when we're actually discussing this topic at hand. Dude, that's the show, man. That's how it goes. Jesus, titty fucking Christ. <laughs> That's a great visual image, though. I want to see that painted on the Sistine Chapel. I'm just gonna think about that for a minute. Oh, wait, wait, don't wait, don't bring up Sistine Chapel. It'll take me on another tangent. Let's not do wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus titty, like Jesus titty fucking himself? No, no, a different Christ. 
Wait, so there's a Christ with boobs? Because I would probably be into that. Well, we, we never heard if he was, like, cut or not. I mean, he could have been overweight. Have you seen all that stuff, though, dude? The dude was nearly anamorexic. I mean, like, part of the thing is, I think... Anamorexic? I, anamorexic. Ah, <laughs> uh, drink, fucker. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like anamorphs, except they get skinnier. Here's the thing. <laughs> Stephen King wrote it. I am partially convinced that half the people are in Catholicism just because they want that Jesus abs, man. Like, I think they think it's just, like, an exercise routine. They can get those abs. Because like you see him hanging on the cross in like a, a Catholic church, dude's got abs. I'm just saying. So he was also hung like this. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that. This That's is a, a great this visual. Is a, yeah, exactly. This, this is an audio it. video. Oh, that for a radio work. show. That's right. Oh god, for a video show. A radio show. <laughs> oh my god, we're nuts. Todd, you were saying something. I like nuts. So, in a reverence to something else, I bought the book "Just the Tips" by Matt Fraction and Chib Zardoski, and it's all their sex tips from the book "Sex Criminals," among other things. And then they were going, butt should have nipples and boobs should have buttholes. And I just thought that's fine. No, I think that's wrong. I disagree with that entirely. Yeah? I'm still not going to fuck a woman, so no. Okay. And what is your opinion on this, Mr. Maya? Uh, God, you could, you could motorboat and give someone a rim job at the same time. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Bro. I mean, you can do that house. now, but you just have to be on, like, two different people. Not at the same time. Yeah, because yeah. your face is in two different places there. And now it just kind of brings the sewer with the playground. Hey, some of us play in the sewer. After it's been washed. After it's been washed thoroughly. We all float down here. Oh, God. Runaways. <laughs> Well, this, this podcast has run away. It has oh, run the fuck away. Has it ever? <laughs> So we should read the book. We all say yes. We all say yes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> While we're running like this off the rails. So yeah. this is your time. We're going to put in a little pause here. You can go read the book. We recommend <laughs> it to do. It's actually really fun. Don't listen to us drunk assholes. Like, well, do listen to us that it's actually good, but don't let our level of inebriation and stupidity taint your view of this lovely little book. <laughs> taint. <laughs> Yeah, so go read it. We'll be back in a second, and we'll do the lightning round and spoil it and whatever. So spoilers are coming up. So like that's really the, the gist of what I'm saying here is that if you keep listening, which we hope you do, we're not so obnoxious you can't handle it, which might be possible. But we'll be drinking while we've drinking, and we'll be talking about this, spoiling the shit out of this. Oh, my God, I cannot talk, and I have not had that much alcohol to justify this. It's just been one of those days. So pause here. We'll see you in a minute. Bye. 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 <laughs> if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. So, the tongue twister I cannot say at work at all this week is Glass Bead Blast Booth. I must have screwed that fucker up 40 times. I think... Adam's been to that club, haven't you? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> hey, I remember the rule is you don't pull out the anal beads like you're starting a lawnmower. That's just how it I goes. love that joke, though. <laughs> Nobody wanted to stay. 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 <laughs>
So we're going to go into lightning round. I'm going to start this out right now. We're going to see if we can get through this. And if it's, and I'm probably going to speed it up anyway, because like, I'll be honest with you, listening it's to, funny. well, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Here. The honest fact that too is, is that Maya, you just talk in generally slower than I do. So like when I speed it up, like I become almost completely ununderstandable because I just talk naturally, like really fast, which is, and then I mumble, which really makes it difficult for people as well. So anyway, lightning round. Lightning round begins now. Basically, you look like you're fighting against all the superheroes, whatever, and then spirits are doing inappropriate things. You realize, oh, it's actually just kid playing this video game. We start with, and you realize, okay, so it's kid playing video game. His parents are saying, hey, we're going to take you to go to this thing. He complains about it being like, look, I don't want to hang out with these kids. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of annoying. Basically, they're saying, look, every year we get together with all these parents, and then all the kids hang out. So then you go through, you see all different kids with all different parents. One uh, set of parents has the handlebar mustache guy, which we talk about. Parents have a lot of antiques around. One set of parents, like the dad, looks kind of like a weird, like, hillbilly, but he punches. He's supposed to be smart. Um, one girl's parents are like celebrities, and they talk about hanging out with people, and she's like a goody two shoes. Uh, one girl's uh, dad is like, oh, one girl's talking to her dad, and she's obviously uh, becoming the first, like, becoming a woman and having problems that way. And then uh, one family is yelling at their girl, other daughter because she's behind, behind the door. So we jump to this party, all the parents show up, all the kids are hanging out. The kids are hanging out down in the, the game room, which looks awesome because pinball machines everywhere and like video games, and I want that game room really bad. So they decide their board, so they decide they're gonna go kind of <clears throat> check out what the parents are doing. They start spying on the parents. See the parents are now sort of dressed like super villains standing around a table. Um, and they have this girl come in and they are like, wow, this is weird. Are they doing drugs? What are they doing? And then they end up uh, the main character whose name is, I'm flashing back to that. Oh, no. Um, she don't live here no more. She don't live here no more. Um, What's his name? What's the the kid? Alex. Alex yes. Alex sees his dad. Um, uh, his dad uh, killed this girl, and they and they kind of freak out. Uh, they make a noise, and so the parents think there's something there. They realize there might be something on the other side, double side mirror. They go looking for the kids. Uh, we're in the next episode, by the way, or next issue. Uh, they go looking for the kids, and are searching. The kids are playing Twister in the room, which is their you know big disgust. The parents they think don't suspect a thing. They start discussing about the fact that the parents killed somebody and all this stuff. The parents uh, come back and they have a truck which they help load up. They set up a time. They meet at the uh, Griffith Observatory with the uh, James Dean uh, landmark at the top. Which by the way, if you ever go to that landmark, like I was really excited after reading this book, and then I went and actually said it is a shitty sculpture, man. Like it fucking blows. <laughs> uh, like just it just looks terrible. Like it looks really awful. So anyway, so they're discussing the fact that they think their parents actually killed somebody. They decided to call the cops and say, you know, hey, our parents actually killed somebody. They're part of the super like the super villain group called the Pride. Drink because you're gonna drink a lot because they mentioned the Pride a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the guy says you're crazy. I'm not gonna listen to you. Blah 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 blah. So they said they're gonna go check out the handlebar mustache people whose daughter his name is Gert who normally wears glasses. Um, so they go check out her house. So they're going through. They figure out the secret code, which obviously spells out the Pride. And when they do it, all of a sudden a dinosaur shows up. End of episode or issue two. Issue three, you find out that this uh, dinosaur actually is psychically controlled by Gert, so she kind of protects her, like the dinosaur is built for her protection. Then they see a hologram of her parents basically telling her the truth of the fact that they are part of some sort of secret organization, yep. um, and that uh, one of the family members, yeah, being right, the two girl whose parents are celebrities, was supposed to give her some sort of a secret ring, Isn't this going to give them then? the secret code to really the um, all their like writings and things like that. I'm still going, I can hear you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Get a secret right. So they all jump in a white minivan because, of course, that's not going to be suspicious anyway. And they're going cruising around. The dinosaur is following them. You find out that. Um, they get to uh, the girl who's a celebrity's house and they find in the back of like a big document to take off her medical alert bracelet. So she takes off her medical alert bracelet. All of a sudden she starts glowing and can fly. And really she's some sort of weird kind of alien species. So uh, then jump over to uh, back to the police station where a new guy is talking to the cop that they called. And he says, hey, guess what? Uh, you know, he asked about the story uh, of the kids calling in for the murder. And he calls, he actually is working for uh, Alex's dad. So he calls Alex's dad and says, hey, by the way, your kids are trying to turn you in. Jump to issue four. So in issue four, uh, Alex's dad comes in with a knife behind him. Fatherly love. You gotta love that. He goes oh, yeah. to uh, try to kill his son. His son has totally pulled a um, Ferris Bueller yeah, and has left a dummy in his head, so, uh, dummy's uh, head in his place. Which, case by the way, where does a kid have a, a, a dummy from a uh, like a? What am I thinking? A mannequin? That's kind of weird. Anyway, so, you didn't? Uh, no, I did not. So uh, the girl, who I think her name is Coralina. Is that right? Coralina. She's flying around all over the place. Uh, eventually, she sort of settles down. They decide, you know, what, we need to go do some more investigation. And so we're going to go investigate the kid. Um, Kid who's dad is sort of like a super genius kind of thing. Um, sort of like the frat boy, the group. I don't remember his name. They're gonna go check out uh, his place. So his parents Chase. always think, huh? Chase. Chase. There you go. Thank you. We're gonna go check out Chase's place. So basically going through systematically checking out the family's houses. So 
They go chase the place. Chase the dad has all these inventions. My favorite, which would be the uh, extra glasses. Although the extra glasses can see through the outer layer of clothing, but still show the girls in their bras, which I call bullshit. But that's still a definition. <laughs> that's bullshit. That's bullshit. So then, of course, the parents show up, find out that the kids are there. Uh, Alex pulls off Carolina's uh, bracelet so she can kind of help fight them off. Um, the parents quickly, like really fucking quickly, like way too fucking quickly, turn into their super villain costumes. Like how does that fucking work? And uh, so the parents of Nico, who is one of the other kids, uh, they end up like doing some witchcraft shit, and they're holding up Carolina. Uh, the adventure guy, parent, he throws some sort of weird stuff onto Alex and throws him aside. But then they're saved by the dinosaur who's following Gert around. So the dinosaur comes in, kicks a mass, the water drops, they're okay. Then um, they're trying to, you know, at some point in time, uh, Nico's mother tries to stab her with this giant staff. Her, her body like absorbs it, which is kind of crazy. So they go on the run, they're driving off, um, and then they get a call from some of the other parents, and they are around the little girl Molly, uh, saying they're about to kill her. So. Uh, we got flashback parents uh, up to the parents around Molly. I got the Hannibal Mustache family, and then you got uh, the Molly's family parents, like, breaking kill their own daughter, which I think is fucked up. The kids are trying to discuss whether or not what they should do, and they start thinking, you know, maybe we should actually go try to rescue Molly, because, you know, she's kind of one of us, because we're all, like, the children of, like, fucked up characters. So they start playing their salt, just they're about to find their salt, and Nico kicks, kisses Alex. Uh, sorry, Todd, she's taken. Uh, and so they go <laughs> to the house. Um, and the big dinosaur comes through crashing and taking some kids out. Uh, the parents are, uh, Pretty thick, uh, trying to calm down the thing. Uh, Nico ends up uh, being able to pull the staff, of, like, the medic staff, out of her chest, and she turns to do some magic, but can't really. Uh, so then Carolina's parents show up. They throw some, you know, alien space technology to sort of hold uh, Alex. What's the guy's name? Chase, Chase um, in place. <laughs> Carolina kind of beats up her mom. Flashback to Molly. Molly wakes up eventually. Uh, finds people fighting in her room. She gets all pissed off. They like, get away from my mom because people are fighting her. Uh, so then she's yelling and screaming. All of a sudden, a dinosaur walks in. It's like, oh holy shit! Dinosaur just walked in. Uh, and they start kind of explaining the situation to her. Uh, and then it turns. And then. Uh, some alien technology sort of uh, uh, holding her in place, blah, 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 blah. She ends up throwing one of the parents out the window and you find out that little Molly, who's so cute and sweet, has super strength. So uh, they keep fighting the parents, blah, 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 and they said they're going to go on the uh, uh, go into hiding. So basically throw out saying that they're looking for the Molly because they say that she's been kidnapped, um, and the parents are trying to make that happen, and make people uh, look into it, and they find um, Alex, no, no, Alex. Uh, I don't keep liking his fucking name. Is it, what's the chases? Chase. As a secret hideout that they all find out. So they go down to the secret hideout and they find there's like this whole like thing that's built underneath the ground. It's kind of fucked up, but it can be fixed. Um, and they said this the new secret headquarters as they run away from their superhero parents and they are about to start their lives as their own sort of super group against the parents. Dun, dun. Other than being A, a little bit drunk, B, having to review some of that shortly before we recorded that covered just about everything that was there. Did I miss anything? No, you really I don't summed so. it up really well. I appreciate it. That. Okay, so here's the thing about this book that I, I, I do like this book, but it goes through really, puck- really quickly. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. I guess what to bring up, though, also looking at this book, it's designed for um, ages 12 and up. So this really is a tween series book as a target <clears throat> audience. Yeah. Well, and the one fun thing, too, is like they, they really do a great job of writing the characters as teenagers. Like, you don't feel like they speak, act, and do things like teenagers would. And sometimes if, when you're watching movies or reading comic books and you have these teenage characters who basically just seem like adult minds trapping kids' bodies. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. didn't get that from this, which made it fun because as much as I hate children, and especially teenagers, I don't mind reading fictional stories about them. So Yeah. Just in real life. Oh, you're talking about W in general, right? Yeah, so it's, this is like if, yeah, like so if you watch Riverdale, you know very damn well these kids are not teenagers. Well, actually, actually, no, they're not teenagers anymore. KJ Apa just turned 20. Docker. Well, he's hot as shit. I would fuck the fuck out of him. So. And legal. <laughs> and he's legal, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, guys. <laughs> you know what? At least he's a real person, and he's now legal. Todd, you're in love with a stick drunk. Oh, he's been legal for a while. Yes. So <laughs> would this be okay if it was Jessica Rabbit I made that comment about? <clears throat> Technically, she's of age, so yeah, it's okay. I'd play Fuck. patty cake with Jessica Rabbit. I'd play patty cake all fucking day. 
with her patty cakes. I do have a Jessica Rabbit t-shirt that just says Jessica, and it's a picture of her because it kind of looks a lot like my wife, let's be honest. And her name is <laughs> Jessica. What? I know, <laughs> right? But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they do feel like real kind of characters. So I know that there are going to be comparisons brought to the TV show. Is anybody else other than me watch the TV show? I have not watched it. I've watched no. the first three episodes, <laughs> and that's okay, about I made it one episode further than you did then. That's about as far as I can get that. I first read this, what is it, a good 10 years ago now? Mm-hmm. And... Well, at least you were closer in age to her back then. <laughs> That's true. Holy shit. Not really. It was still a decade. You're not going to live that down, dude. I'm just going to warn you now. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. So I first read this a decade ago. It really introduced me to Brian K. Vaughn as an author who I've grown to love and we all continue to love with saga i don't think oh, yeah. he, i don't think he's ever put out a bad book yeah no he's he's one of those guys who's pretty consistent of like oh frank yeah, Vaughn wrote it they'll probably why, be pretty bitchin'. why the last man, man even ex machina ex machina is probably my second favorite book of his after saga so and even pride of baghdad was pretty amazing pride of baghdad's great if, uh, if just, you want an uplifting read yeah oh sure God. we Let's did on this show and luckily we brought Todd's wife, Amy, on the show because she made us all sound like fucking morons, which was kind of great as well. I love you, dear. That's why she's never been invited back. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need help with that. That's why Todd and I do a separate podcast with her so that she can make us, like, we're fully prepared. Like, we'll sound like it is. It's fine. Yeah, so back to this book, though. It flows really well. It does read quick, but the characters feel really authentic to all of that. I agree. Yeah, and um, the art is fun and cool. It's got this useful, and I fucking love, this takes place in L.A., Malibu. And it's not a Marvel story set in New York or the East Coast in general, and D.C. is every bit as guilty of this. Everything Mm -hmm. seems to happen on the East Coast, even in the fictionalized world, unless you're Green Arrow in Seattle. It seems Green Lantern in Coast City. On the East Coast. Nope, Coast City's on the West Coast. Coast City's supposed to be California. Okay. Ha! Yes, you you were right. (laughs) Good for you, but this is a refreshing feel, and they even play that up, because at times later in the series, you've got some of the Avengers come visit and says, yeah, well, we're kind of like 3,000 miles away, you're kind of on your own, good luck with that. Piss off, kids. Piss off, kids. And I think it's a lot of fun, and it does bring it on the other side. What Vaughn also did very well, there's a lot of div- cultural diversity here, but it doesn't feel like an assignment. Either. Right, they're, they're, not, there. It's not, they're like, not there because they, oh, we have to include a person of color or a woman or this and that. It's there because these kids do come from very diverse families, and even mm-hmm. though their parents are all fuckheads, part of the, of the pride drink. Yes. Um, <clears throat> no, they're, but they, they come from different walks of life, they come from different lifestyles, and they all kind of bond together, and there's, there's no like, oh, we have to include this character because they're black or oh well let's have these people be friends because it'll be totally pc and fun it's like no they're kids and at the same time as they approach it's like i'm not friends with any of these other people anymore maybe when we were really young it's like it's once a year just have a good time anyways and then they find a commonality that their parents are monsters and who can't as a young person reading going yeah my parents really are monsters i get this well especially as a teenager because no matter what your parents do they are assholes that's right and you learn later maybe not so much maybe they were or there's greater understanding but it's written so well and things tie together and it's like i totally see why they have teamed up and they've come to a group because they've got a common cause and they're leaning on each other for support when they feel that their natural support systems have disintegrated on them. Well, they're also the only people who understand each other. That's because right. you all I mean, you know, if the four of us all of a sudden discovered our parents were super villains, awesome. no one outside of this conversation is going to 
understand what the experience is like of all of a sudden suddenly realizing that your parents who you thought were just normal people mm-hmm. were suddenly supervillains. You know what I mean? So like it doesn't feel like they're thrown together unnaturally. I do like that aspect of it. I will say as far as in regards to the TV show on Hulu, I feel like they they spend way too much fucking time on the parents. I've watched the first four episodes. I can't make myself continue to watch it. Like I keep trying. And like the thing is I've loved this book for a mm-hmm. long time. And the thing it just I don't like okay basically what ends up happening is the whole first what, what we read in the first six issues issue of yeah well no the first issue of this book is an hour long of like all this different stuff and i understand what they kind of did here but then the second episode of the book is the, so the, you're saying they pulled a preacher i don't know i haven't seen preacher I don't yes. have a comparison. todd has a comparison so yeah todd yeah. says yes i will agree with him because i i probably he's probably mm-hmm. right um but like the second episode the second episode is that same story but from the parents point of view so you basically spend two hours on a 15 minute read of a comic you know what i mean and like i'm four episodes in or five episodes in and the fuckers haven't run away yet you know what i mean like they haven't gotten to hiding it's like really like i bet that's how the season ends i bet the whole season is those first six issues potentially yeah but like um for those of you who listen to Geek Show podcast, Shannon Barnson put on his uh, Facebook account something like, "Do these people, these kids, ever run? You know, like run away?" And like, I had to wholeheartedly agree with him because it was like there was a lot of people who were like, "Well, what about the whatever?" They're trying to read too much into this runaways aspect. They were giving, they're saying that it was named runaways for the people, the kid that they were killing, like sacrificing whatever. And I'm like, no, that has nothing to do with the nope. comics. The kids run away, and that's part of they, their parents were supervillains. They're trying to be good. They're trying to use their powers for good, and they're not understood by the mainstream superhero community. That's basically the crux of most of the run of the show. Because, um, like, and to give you kind of sort of a frame of reference, because we have read it on the show, at a certain point in time, the Runaways become involved in what becomes the first version of the Civil War. They the, the Mutant Registration comes at, Act comes through, and all that sort of stuff. And the Superhero Registration Act comes through. They don't sign up for it because they are a not really established as a superhero team and don't really know what they're doing and trying to stay under the radar so their parents don't come and kick their ass um, and don't piss off the pride and whatnot. So they don't sign up. So there's actually one of my favorite comic book covers of all time is a cover of molly standing right in front of the punisher so you just see the punisher's skull and a shirt and molly like rolling her eyes looking up at this guy being like this fucking guy uh, it's just like it's cute and adorable and also like you know that she's gonna kick his ass and it's kind of awesome because she has to mm-hmm. like i love that kind of thing but that's kind of what i think is interesting about this book is that they are they eventually become sort of like a superhero team to counteract the ills of their parents but they don't really ever fit in and that's why they are the runaways they're always not quite fitting into mainstream society after this goes on and i know that's sort mm-hmm. of discussing further out in the future of what you know it's beyond what we've actually read here but i just i do think that's very interesting about it adam what are your thoughts because i haven't gotten heard a lot from you yet well no this is this a lot of fun for me I, I read this so i missed last episode because of work and bullshit so i wasn't a big fan of that one so this was kind of a nice palate cleanser because again you know with Vaughn being a great author uh and like i said before this really does feel authentic these characters not that they really could exist, but they they act and emote and say things like normal teenagers w- would, but also without being pretentious or annoying or yeah. uh, trying to sound like that. So that was really enjoyable. And I don't have fun with it. Uh, the art's great. I, I enjoyed that. I was really kind of annoyed at first because <clears throat> I didn't realize in the first two pages that the kid was playing a video game. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Jesus <laughs> That's Christ, kind of a fun little turn right the there at the beginning. No, that, that's, that's fine. But then it got better. I was like, yay. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think they kind of spend a little bit too much time in the middle up in middle issues kind of going about and doing things and they could be maybe spending more time on plot but it wasn't ever distracting and 
I mean, it's a page turner. I wanted to see what happened next and where it goes. And, you know, the omnibus I got from Maya had a lot more issues in it, and we just did the first six. But I was really interested to actually go on and see what happens next. So it's, you know, and, and I know you guys have been talking kind of, you didn't really like the show too much. I've heard mixed reviews on it. Some people love it, some hate it. I've, yeah, I haven't heard any in between on the show. Yeah, people either, either really like it or really don't. So I, I do want to hop in and actually see it, but with my list of shows that I need to go yeah. catch up on and watch, it, it's it's far down on the list. So mm-hmm. I think for me, the biggest thing is, is this was, we got a fair amount into the plot of the overall comic in six issues here where the show takes so long to get there. You know what I mean? I think there's, I think my complaint about it is there's so much interesting things about this, this comic book and the series in general that the TV show is, I think it's interesting to have it focus on the parents a little bit more in the first episode. You're like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then when it harps on it and tries to make the character, the, the parents more interesting characters than they need to be, it's like, no, these kids, the kids are the runaways. The kids have their view of their parents you know, yeah, I don't think you need that much more exploration of them, and I think that's kind of what bums me out about it. Like, I, I think the other thing too about it, you talk about it is like sometimes you get characters who are teenagers who are like Dawson's Creek, where they're hyperverbal, but kids in real life aren't that way. In this book, they don't necessarily feel like that. Like, even though the kid is like really smart, he's still a teenager. You know what I mean? Or even though, and like they kind of have the weird same cliques and they kind of do stuff. I think the TV show does a little bit better about having the kids come from different cliques and being not more likely to hang out with each other. I think that's a little bit better than this and shows that kind of conflict a little bit more that like the kids don't necessarily always get along and have agreements on things. But I just feel like the, the book starts into an interesting realm so much faster and so and like moves along so much better than the TV show does. The TV show just for me is just really slow, like just so slow. I'm like, come on, just move it along. So the book feels really fast paced comparatively speaking so speaking of kids that actually goes into my uh, my drink oh cool then let's do that right now behold Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water alcoholics it's called uh, teenager tea nice uh, and it's uh, two ounces of rum two ounces of triple sack one ounce of sweet and sour, one ounce of grapefruit juice, and one ounce of Coke. You add it to a shaker, over ice, shake the shit out of it, and strain into a glass. So it's kind of like a beginner version of a Long Island iced tea. Uh, Todd, do you remember off the top of your head, do they eventually name Gert's Dinosaur? Well, they call themselves Arsenic and Old Lace, mm-hmm. which actually That's leads into right. my drink. Okay, what's your drink? Called Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, nice. Um, it is, it's a fancy drink. Ooh. It is three-fourths of an ounce of dry gin, three-fourths of an ounce of Vomfass 72% green absinthe, half an ounce of creme de violette, a fourth ounce of dry vermouth. Uh, you mix it together and stir with ice and strain it into a chilled champagne coupe glass. That was a coupe or coupe? I, I think can't it's coupe. decide. Okay. I think coupe's right. I've heard here, of before. And here, I'm actually going to send this to you, Brian, so you can look at it. It, it looks like oh, oh, you're going to have them do I'll less honest, work. For me not to have to listen to the episode and transcribe what the recipes are is like a godsend. <laughs> uh, so mine is also tied into the dinosaur. Mine is called Fossil Fuel. <laughs> um, and mine is one part vodka, I guess. It's a Cetron, a Svedka Cetron. One part Svedka raspberry. So Cetron vas- ras- uh, vodka and raspberry vodka. Uh, half a part of triple sec. Half a part of simple syrup. Have a part of fresh lime juice, a dash of celery bitters, a splash of grapefruit juice, a splash of club soda, and you combine this all of these together, the, the raspberry vodkas, 
with the triple sec, the lime juice, the syrup, uh, simple syrup, and the bitters on an ice-filled shaker. You shake the shit out of it, and you straight into a glass. You top off with the grapefruit juice and club soda and finish off with a lime uh, or lemon and orange wedge garnish. Todd, what is your drink? So I'm looking at this thing, and you've got a group of teenagers on the cusp of adulthood. And if they're going to drink and get drunk as they shouldn't do it, they're going to have shitty choices in drinks. Is this another one of your, like, bad drinks, bad teenager drinks? Well, it's a little bit. It's budget jungle juice. Oh, God. Because <laughs> that's what they would come out like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. Let's do that because we're getting what we can. We'll mix it all together. So it's two gallons of orange-flavored drinks. So I'm thinking, like, Tang, putting that into Sunny the water. Um, you want a half gallon of fruit punch, like Hawaiian punch. You want to have a gallon of pink lemonade, a gallon of pineapple and orange juice blended. You want four um, 750 milliliter bottles of vodka and two 750 milliliter bottles of white rum. You dump it in a big old cooler. Just And if you want to throw in some fruit, you can. You just kind of let it sit there and pretend like I'm a mad scientist concoction. Then you pour that shit into a glass, drink it, and pretend it's awesome. And then you drink a lot so you can't actually taste it anymore. You're the king of, like, bad teenage drinks. <laughs> which is more funny because I grew up with you and know that we did not drink at teenagers at all. No, we, we were such good kids. My favorite... Oh, my God. I think my favorite young person drunk story was I was drinking way too much Goldschlager on my own. And yeah. I ended up watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon without <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> I remember that. This is so good. But I was already out of my vodka phase then. I will say, though, I got drunk. The very first time I ever got drunk was the most teenager drunk thing to do. And that was Boone's Orange Fuzzy Navel. So the first time Sexy. I ever got drunk. You're a real man. I'm a real man. Real man drinks Boone's Fuzzy Navel. That's right. So it's the Fuzzy Navel. So no matter how manly of a drink I have these days, it all started with Boone's Fuzzy Navel. Never forget where you're from, kids. I think what the first thing I really drank was probably Stella Etois. Is what we used to drink that Stella I beer. Like Stella. Mm-hmm. We used to drink Stella. Stella's pretty good. We used to drink that a fair amount in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The traditional drink of North Carolina School of the Arts where I went to school. I don't recommend it, kids. I'm just saying I went there. Like lovely people. <laughs> I loved the people. The people I went to school with, the people in North Carolina, fucking loved it. My professor was a fucking asshole. And like so my educational experience not a fan of. However, Wait, 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 wait. If you're not a sound designer. Wait, wait, wait. What's the mascot for the North Carolina School of the Arts, Brian? Oh, the Fighting Pickles, kids. The Fighting, the fighting Pickles. Pickle. If you look up an like an article on the dumbest or weirdest uh, high school or college mascots, mine comes up all the time. The Fighting and Pickles, which normally is portrayed in a tutu with uh, fencing with a paintbrush and a film clapboard to try to record, and then has uh, safety goggles on to try to recognize all of its uh, realms that it teaches just don't study sound there other things i'm sure are fine but just don't study sound there kids just don't it's a fucking mess anyway but yeah the official drink there was the uh, irish car bomb mm-hmm. which uh i've had way too many in my day um i haven't had an irish car bomb in over a decade and i am <laughs> very okay with Maya, i haven't heard a whole lot from you what are your opinions on this lovely uh, i loved it uh this is kind of what got me into brian k vaughn uh, from here, I moved on to Why the Last Man in Ex Machina, and uh, I love... There isn't really much I can add on to what's already been said. You know, the characterizations felt like they were real and, and genuine. The art I did like a lot. Uh, in fact, I was going to tie this in when we were doing the art grades, uh, but Todd wanted me to talk about art now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But Adrian Althona, I'm actually going to change gears for a second here. Uh, he's really good on this book, but I think uh, he's upped his game a lot. If you've been reading the Ms. Marvel book with Kamala Khan in it, oh, he, so he is the artist on that book. And if you want to see him go from already great to amazing, uh, check out Ms. Marvel. We did that book. That was a oh, great did you book. Do that book. We did the first issue of Ms. Marvel, which I actually really like. And I keep that's one of those books that like is in my list of things that I need to go back and continue to read, but I just haven't gotten around to. One of those things that'll be a, a demon on in stock trades one day. I'll sit there and order like a hundred dollars worth of Miss Marvel trades, which will probably will end up happening. Anybody else have anything they really want to bring up about this book? I think no, I think you know. It's my favorite Marvel series I've read. Not that I've run tons or anything, but if it was like, oh, what's a great Marvel series to get into, and not so much a one issue or one story arc, just a series in general. I really enjoyed Runaways. And it was one of my gateways to comics. I agree. It was one of the first books I read as well. And I think one of the fun things about The Runaways in general, not to totally step on your toes, mm-hmm. is that it's its own individual story. You can follow the run the Runaways by themselves without knowing necessarily everything about Marvel chronology and everything else that's going on. But those things still interplay. Like as mm-hmm. you get further on in the, into the Marvel universe and, and into reading The Runaways, eventually start running into characters you know, like Superman and, or not Superman, Spider-Man. Uh, did they run into Iron Man? I know they run into the Punisher. I mentioned that earlier. Molly's interaction with Wolverine is probably my favorite interaction. Of oh, any, yeah. Any That's pretty awesome. So, yeah, it's crazy accessible. So if you're looking for a toehold, where can I start? Runaways is a great yeah. place to start. It's unfortunate we're saying this at the end of the episode, but you're totally right. Like, it is mm-hmm. a really great gateway drug into sort of more superhero-y type of books. That's actually a really good point. Mm-hmm. So I, I really dig that. And it's um, back to Vaughn again. I mean... What Vaughn, we've done Saga, we've done The Oath, we've done Pride of Baghdad. Have done, you actually, done Paper Girls? Paper Girls. We have, yes. So this is what our fifth, sixth Brian K. Vaughn book, and we've yet to go, eh. I mean, he is just solid, 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 and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, he. I don't think he writes a bad book. Or publishes a bad book, might be a better Or statement. publishes a bad book. He, um... <laughs> yeah, there might be some in his notebook that he's like, don't look at that shit, that's terrible. Well, even, even... There's just one about a, a, a demonic squirrel that I just don't want anybody to know about. Well, even even with TV, uh, you know, uh, the first two seasons of Lost were good, and, you know, highly acclaimed, and then the first half of the third season came out, and, and people started to not like it, and it started to go downhill and he ended up joining the writer's staff on the back half of season three and that's surprisingly when it picked up again and uh he was on for i think seasons four and five and uh yeah i don't think he's ever written yeah, a don't blame thing. him for the ending though he didn't have anything to do with fuck, that don't blame him for you. that the ending's awesome i i haven't seen the ending i just know that people are divisive of it but i know that he wasn't necessarily part of it that's all i'm saying uh, yeah no the ending i thought was perfect but that's for this isn't the lost podcast it's not and like i've watched up i haven't watched the last season of lost yet and i it's one of those things where i feel like i want to go back and finish it off no but yeah you don't need to totally different issue but no, I will. I will admit to fully being a Brian K. Vaughn fanboy. Brian K. Vaughn, I think, is probably my my gateway drug into comics in general. Between Runaways and Why the Last Man, he was 100% my gateway drug. Um, Why the Last Man, I got totally addicted to. I I was honestly brokenhearted when the last Why the came Why the Last Man came out. I didn't particularly like the ending. I'll be honest about that. But I still loved that series so much. It needs to be a show on HBO. Isn't that what the game plan is? Uh, it's been in development as a movie and sla- or TV show back and forth for years. 
So there, there is no, that there was, is no game plan. Yeah, at one point, like Shia LaBeouf was attached at one point. I remember that. Yeah, I remember it so long ago with Shia LaBeouf attached to it that I didn't think that Shia LaBeouf was a bad choice. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf was a bad What was it? Disturbia had just come out. Yeah, and I, I mean, I liked. Um, what was that show he was in on Disney Channel? Actually, like I kind of liked Shia LaBeouf in that. I thought he was funny and well, very interesting, and I was kind of okay with it. That's when, it. When, yeah. he's, when he's not crazy, he's not terrible. Because even a couple of years ago, after all his craziness had come out, he was in that movie Fury with Brad Pitt, and he was oh, he's he very was, good. He in was that. great in that. Oh, yeah, a he's very good. Movie we're celebrating. Oh, you mean not Suicide Squad? <laughs> I forgot David Ayer did that, and that's a good movie. Yeah, he did End of Watch as well. Did he? Is he the same guy who did um, Bright? He did. He did Bright. Really? I hate <laughs> things on Bright. I've heard the critics hated it, but I, so many people that I'm friends with on Facebook have posted that they actually like really enjoyed it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm just. I know all the hate for it, so I was just sort of surprised he did. But like Todd, is he? I could look this up on Instagram on uh, on IMDb. But why the fuck not waste people's time listening to this on a podcast? Uh, did he do um, Three Kings? Is no, that him too? Three Kings was that fucker who did I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Really? So yeah, and that was like George Clooney and I love Three Kings though. Three Kings is like I, I enjoyed love it, that but movie. George Clooney says the next time he ever meets that director, he's punching him in the face. He doesn't care. Type of a deal. Yeah, he hates hates him. So yeah, no, Three Kings was David O. Russell. That's right. That's right. Oh. Another guy with a stellar reputation. Who did American Hustle? Um, and Silver Linings Playbook and Joy. Right. The Fighter. Interesting. They do he the did fighter? the fighter as well, because you watch like Christian Bell. He likes to work with the same actors over and over again that, for some reason, put up well, with Well, it probably them. finds people who can put up with this horse right. shit. Oh, yeah, there's the fighter. Yeah, 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 you're right. I know I am. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Humble fucker. I am. <laughs> the trick is you keep your mouth shut till you know you're right, and you're always right. Ah, drink, fucker. <laughs> That's right, man. There's just a little bit of this caramel. Gum. It's all yours. It's, it's By the way, I, if, if you're interested in what we're drinking here on the Utah side of things, I did post that to our uh, Twitter feed just uh, a few minutes ago. Right. Oh, did you so really? if any of you have 150 Ooh. bucks to drop on a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> you you should. It's called Avalon 18-year-old scotch, and it is simply delightful. It's 86 proof. With the 25 flavors, that's a bunch of bullshit, but there's like three of them in there. I really enjoy this shit. I killed a bottle of Highland Park while mm. recording this episode, so there's that. <laughs> Which I don't remember who originally recommended this to me. I, I, I talked to the guy who recommended it to me, or I thought recommended it to me. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, well, apparently it wasn't you. Uh, I was going to give him like props for like recommending it to me, but like I just don't remember what it was. It's not bad stuff, obviously. No, it's, good stuff. it's pretty tasty. I will I'm also just... say though, and that is here in Utah, you can get this for ninety nine bucks at least discount liquor over in Wendover. They owe me a sponsorship deal. That would be an awesome sponsorship, One, man. Uh, oh shit! So and it's good. I I do say though, since this is a comic books and drinking podcast, the Johnny Walker Blue Label is amazing, but. I bought a shot of that at Market Street Grill, and they charged me thirty-four bucks a shot. Yeah, no, that's I, I always I hate uh, that I mean, shit. Like that's such. Bullshit. It's really good and tasty, but I mean, it's like two hundred and fifty bucks a bottle. So I am, you know, I appreciate spending a bit more, but god damn it, thirty-four bucks for a shot of something—that's a bit. Don't give. I guess my thing is, if you're gonna spend a bit more, at least get your money's worth of it. Like I know, like if you buy Johnny Walker Black at a club or something like that, you're paying for like 
being at that club blue, and drinking blue, that and like look at me I don't being know, a baller and yeah fuck that so i'll just buy the bottle yeah, and for drink sure. it at home alone and enjoy myself more <laughs> true. Um, Very true. <laughs> that sounds awesome doesn't it, it does. uh, the arbalor 18 year i have thoroughly enjoyed the shit out of this and the other guys seem to agree I mean, how was it, Maya? Uh, it is very delicious. And uh, what do you say, Adam? <laughs> Adam loves it, too. Adam loves it, too. Well, but, but what is Mr. Porg's opinion is really what my big question is. Has Mr. Porg been drinking tonight? Wow, really? No, really? Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you, Mr. Yes, Porg. Yes, Mr. Porg. Now go back off to Mr. the Park has lots of very Mr. Rogers neighborhood. <laughs> meow 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 meow. <laughs> I am just <laughs> I am just drunk enough and not drunk enough for this whole conversation. Love it. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 Well, let's move on. I have Adam's votes here for me. So, we're jumping in for Mr. Brian K. Vaughn's writing, Mr. Adam, who is voting via text message to me, his vote was an A- minus for writing for Mr. Brian K. Vaughn. I'm going to give it um, an A for Mr. Brian K. Vaughn. I like the flow of the story. I think it's very page-turning. I think it's very interesting. I think the teenagers don't actually feel like teenagers. They don't feel like weird sort of characters. Um, they don't necessarily totally understand their parents, which is what they try to expand on the TV show, which is part of the reason I don't like TV show, so I'm not going to get into that. But I think in general, I like. I really like the way this book is written. It's Brian K. Vaughn. He doesn't really fuck things up very often. Mr. Maya, what is your vote? Uh, oh, great. Sorry. My, my vote is uh, A. I'm just giving it a solid A. Uh, again, Brian K. Vaughn doesn't fuck shit up. He knows what he's doing. He's. I want that on a t-shirt, by the way. Brian K. Vaughn does not <laughs> fuck shit up. That's an awesome t-shirt. You should send it to him. I bet he would wear that. But he. I would wear that shirt. Yeah, I don't think he's ever written a bad thing, at least that I've read. Yeah. A, A all around. Cool. Uh, Todd, what is your grade? Well, this will be a shocker, but as others have said, Brian K. Vaughn does not fuck shit up. It got me into comics. It was great. And he fucks it in all the good ways. Mm. Uh-huh. I really want to make that shirt now. Like, I have a friend who's literally selling, like, a screen printing machine, uh-huh. and I've thought about buying it, and now I want to buy it just to say Brian K. Vaughn does not fuck shit Do it. Up. Like, I want to... And then you could to like you make, could put it as in like quotation marks, and then yeah, and then uh-huh. put the funny books and Firewater logo on it. That would be kind of awesome. That might happen, kids. Hey, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna put this out there to you because I'm way too drunk to talk <laughs> shit right now. If you think that you would like a T-shirt that says Brian K. Vaughn does not fuck shit up, <laughs> I want you to email me at funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com. Like, email me and say yes, that's a good idea, you drunk idiot bastard. <laughs> It is a good idea. And I want, yeah, just just email me that. That's all you have to say. And I appreciate your input. And if that is awesome, then maybe I will find a way to provide that T-shirt to you. Our lovely public, Brian K. Vaughn, does not fuck shit up. 
Uh, I'm going to go back and edit this episode and be like, my God, what did I say? <laughs> you know, that really could be the episode title. What? My God, what did I say? No, Brian K. Vaughn does not fuck shit up. Listen to this. That's a fair, that's fair analysis of the story. Uh, so for art, Mr. Adam in Absentia gives it a B for art. Maya, what's your vote on art? I'm going to think about my vote for a second. Um, I'm in between an A- minus and a B plus. I really like Adrian Alfona, but after seeing what he's evolved to in the future, I like that a little, his new style a little more than this. So I'm going to, I think I'm kind of in between an A- minus and a B plus. Okay, Todd, what is your grade? So once again, this book was written for tweens. It's ages 12 and up. So it's an introduction to a lot of things. So it's not really pushing boundaries or the edge. It's these kind of books are people getting it into, so it's kind of has to be a transitory point from other things they're already familiar with. So with keeping that in mind, I think it really nailed it for exactly what they were going for. And so I'm going to give this art an A. You know, I'm kind of thinking I'm along the same lines of you, Todd, because I'm thinking what what I'm referencing in my head mm-hmm. is uh, Lock and Key. Yeah. And I felt like Lock and Key felt a little too juvenile and too cartoony, which... It's a weird, I know, it's a weird dividing line between cartoony and comic booky. This feels more comic booky, but simple. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a good, more, it's a more gateway drug kind of thing where it feels similar to what you've read in a Saturday comic, but it's a little more comic booky. It's a nice in between. It's a nice sort of, as a gateway drug, it's really good. I feel like it feels a little more juvenile than most big, you know, I mean, big pecs, big guns, comic book stuff. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, and even again, but they feel real. It feels real. It, Sorry, I keep cutting you off, Todd. Well, if you're looking at it, and we're just gushing about Vaughn here, left and right, is his other works. I mean, this author's not afraid of teaming up with authors with a more adult look. I mean, you have Pride of Baghdad, even Saga, and Elements of Ex Machina is um, of a much different style. As you're watching this here, and yeah. it really paired up with the. How well does the art marry and sing with the source material that it's being paired with? And mm-hmm. the choice of that combination, it's a fantastic one-two punch. And I think the marrying of the two of the writing with the art is the great combination here. And it's great. Because even if you had the amazing Fiona Staples or doing this art, it would have given it a much different feel. I'm not sure. It would have been a very different book by the art alone and it's accessible it's easy to read it flows fast and the story flows fast and it's great and it's yeah it's great no i agree with you and i i think i'm not gonna i think i'm gonna go with an a minus i think like it's it's not like you don't flip the page and go oh my god that's the most amazing thing i've ever seen but i think for what the story is being told it's just really well done it's really fun it's a great book to access and you know get into so uh, then we're going to lead to our team building grade as far as a team being built. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is your grade? You know, they they came together. They didn't quite get along at first, um, but they did. They worked together, and at the end, it seemed like they were a pretty good team, so I'm going to give it an A. Cool. Uh, Todd, what is your grade? You know, it's an A. Nothing really unites a bunch of angsty teenagers like common enemy as parents. Yeah, these are yeah. the <laughs> bad parents, sure. so it's awesome. So yeah, it's an A. 
And I'm gonna give it an A. This, like Todd, I think was one of my gateway drugs. I really dug it. The thing about it was, is like it does kind of what you expect. It goes through and kind of hits every character, lets you kind of figure out what their powers are and why they came across them, which is kind of cool. And it, it takes a little time to do it, but not so much time that you're like, oh, this is taking way too much time to get to it. So it does kind of hit every character, gives them at least a little bit of do, and it's a good setting up for the entire series, which is why I think it's pretty awesome. Adam's grade for team building was a B. That scotch is really kicked in. <laughs> it's so I'm good. Sorry. It is so good. We haven't done overalls yet, Future have we? Brian, I apologize for nothing. Overalls. This thing is awesome. You need to read it. Yeah, read it's it. It's an A. Okay, A's from two of you. I'm going to give it an A. I think it's good. I think right. it's fun. We're I think a it's a bunch of Canadians here. Our... Yeah. But Maya, your father. Mr. Adam is being a bastard and giving it an overall rating of a B plus. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rebel uh, against my father and run away. Oh, I see Same, what you go. did there. Theme with the book. It works. Yes. Out. And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're a stamp trap. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. I'm hijacking. Oh, recommendations. Recommendations. What do you recommend after talking about I recommend not getting... So, I would like to point out to the listeners this. Hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. I'd like to point out to the listeners, my dear friend Todd, who's been my friend since I was 12 years old, so for more than two decades has been my best friend, was the best man at my wedding, has recognized that I am too drunk to drive this train has decided to take over and start asking people what their recommendations for the week were. I would like to say that is true friendship, and that is why I love this man. I'm just going to put that out there. I love you too, buddy. So anyway, Mr. Maya, Todd A, thank you for covering my ass. Mr. Maya, what is your recommendation? I recommend drinking less when you record a podcast. Oh my god, yes. Not that we need to drink more, just don't we dare drink less. Um... We're having a great time here, kids. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I, I gave my big recommendation because, you know, behind the scenes, we're recording two episodes at once. Uh, my big recommendation I gave last week was the DC deck building game. It's a lot of fun. I recommend it again. Go have fun, kids. Todd, what's your recommendation? Well, as much as we've talked about our hard-ons for Mr. Vaughn, the other one I get a hard-on for is Mr. Wood, and that's Brian Wood. What about Mr. Maya? Mr. Hell Maya, yeah. there's a little chubby for you, too. <laughs> So, but Brian Wood is an author. I've recommended it before, but talking with a friend of mine. Hi, Marcus. Um, Hi, Marcus. Marcus. Right. It's um, he's been reading Starve. It's made me been reading it again, and it's a two trade comic book run of about twelve issues right here, and it kind of hits. Think Running Man combined with Iron Chef America, and with like gritty, funky, super stylized art like DMZ. And it is simply amazing and awesome. And it's TV show. And there's this whole sequence where these couple of chefs have to beat down this rival Hispanic gang before they have to make barbecue for 500 in like 12 hours. And it's captivating and awesome. And you just kind of want to blow your load after reading it all. And you're sad it's done so soon, like much of my sex life. So would you say that you're starving? (laughs) Would you say that you're starving for some wood? I'm always starving for more wood. Brian Wood, 
You also do not fuck things up. Thank you. <laughs> True. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Do you have any recommendations? Brian, God, can I pull a cognis- <laughs> cognizant thought out of my fucking head? Oh my god. God, I feel so bad because here's the deal. I have been on like this serious hardcore Jeff Lemire kick you get recently. Are you rattling bottles to make me sound like yeah, an alcoholic? He's finishing is that off that uh, our bottle here that we've been drinking out of. Well, his bottle that we've been drinking out of. Okay. And that's our clinking. Okay. I feel like every week or every other week I recommend a Jeff Lemire book, but like I have the biggest geek heart on for Jeff Lemire. Like I fucking love that guy's writing. Like I just do. And like his art is awesome as well. His art is not like amazing, but it's like it's really heartfelt and really simple and tells a story really well. Like he's just as an artist, I just... God damn, I love that guy. Like, I think he's fucking awesome. So, anyway, have I talked about his run on um, Moon Knight, or at least not his first trade on, on Moon Knight? Have I talked about this? Yes, not on, not on the show. Not on podcast. Okay. So, obviously, you poor readers, <laughs> at, uh, listeners at home, you readers too, can hopefully read these books as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our picture poor Future Brian, when you edit this shit, like I'm so sorry. Book reading. There are words. Fuck you. Um, we read their oh, words. Can we get we drunk are and record our own audible recordings of books. Oh, yeah. wish you like all oh, the places you'll go. No, no, no. Comics. Oh, comics? Have a lightning round? I literally have a friend who <laughs> her job is to record yes. audible.com books. Like, that's seriously what they fucking do. So, anyway, so I've been reading a lot of Jeff Lemire. Like, if it has Jeff Lemire's name on it, I'm mm-hmm. fucking buying it. And he wrote this book on. On Moon Knight, like, okay, so I'm not, I, I'm an indie guy, really, ultimately. Moon Knight is <laughs> as weird as it is, cause, let's be honest, the cover of Moon Knight kind of looks like a KKK member, <laughs> so, like, let's put that out there. But, so, he writes this book of Moon Knight, right? I've read the first trade, but I just bought today the couple other trades. However, so his first episode, or issue of, <laughs> of trade, holy shit. Wait, 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 you um, need to say the word. Drink, ap- fucker! Episode. Say the word episode. Hit the trifecta. Ah, drink, fucker. (laughs) Um, So his first trade of Moon Knight is kind of awesome the way he sets it up. Because basically what he does is the character of Moon Knight, who I have no concept of whatsoever, wakes up in a mental institution. So he doesn't know if his history as Moon Knight is real or false. And then, like, he has to kind of deal with that. And all these people he keeps recognizing in the mental institution are similar to people who he hasn't encountered, maybe actual characters and stuff. And so he basically has to decide whether or not if what he believes is his true life is true or like some sort of weird psychotic break or something like that. And it has a lot of similarities to the second season of American Horror Story, which I'm a huge fan of. It's Jeff Lemire. It has a like American Horror Story kind of vibe to it. I am totally addicted to it. Love it. Are you there, Adam? It's me, Brian. I'd like to talk about me becoming a woman. <laughs> oh, do tell. No, I was, I was trying to do a Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret thing, which this is all, this is all so embarrassing and horrible. I'm probably going to cut the, all this shit no, out. I don't really do am. it. Adam, do you have a recommendation now that you're back? My lovely darling, my dear, I've missed you so much. Um, actually, yeah. So uh, we, we've talked before about uh, Telltale Games. Mm-hmm. Kind of does like the oh, yeah. adventure. Uh, I didn't realize this came out, but uh, they came out with a sequel to their Batman game. It's called Batman: The Enemy Within. Um, I'm only about the first episode in, but it's really fun. You're actually playing against the Riddler in this one, and this isn't uh, the, like the Riddler from Gotham. This is the story is the Riddler used to run Gotham City's crime scene before Batman was Batman, and then he they thought he was dead, but he came back, and he came back not as like. Oh, I'm leaving fun with the riddles. He came back as like Jigsaw from Saw. 
And so his things are all like fucked up, torture, death trap type things. Um, it's really fun, really interesting. Uh, really big shit that happens in the first 20, 30 minutes playing the game. And it's really enjoyable. So if you like the Telltale games, uh, especially like the last Batman game they did, uh, this one is a lot of fun as well. Adam, I love you. I'm glad you're back. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about Runaways before we move on to the rest of our lives? Uh, no, it was it was a fun book. I liked it a lot. I want to read more. And eventually I will watch the show, even though I know it's been very divisive among people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how a gay guy says thank you. <laughs> so next week, here's the deal. We got to talk about this. We're going to do Black Panther. It doesn't really have to do with team building so to say, but there's an extra like there's five weeks in January. And there's a movie. The 31st of month. A movie. But there's a movie coming out. We felt responsible to do a, a Black movie. Panther book. A movie. So here's the deal, kids. I love you all, but there's a lot of things that are published. So we're doing the storyline, the Black Panther, a nation under our feet. It's either published in three trade paperbacks or like I think one big collection or whatever. I, I don't. I don't think the one big collection has actually come out. I think it's just in the three. Oh. Well, now I feel like a bastard, but here's the deal. <laughs> I've read it as a preemptive, hey, I'm going to make a judgment call on this. Really, mm-hmm. to get the full story, to give it a fair judgment on our behalf as semi-critics on this show, we really need to read the, the 12 episode, twelve issue run. Don't make fun of me, Todd. I know you will. For saying episode instead of issue. But the 12 issue run is really what we need to read. So this is what we're going to be reading for next week. For those of you who read along with us, which we hope we do. That's how the deal goes. I think a chunk of it is available on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. So if you only want, to, so if you are, if funds are tight, and uh, I don't know how my, where it goes up to, but if the Volume Three stuff isn't on Marvel Unlimited, uh, just buy Volume Three and read the rest on uh, Unlimited. Yeah. But here's that we're gonna read all twelve issues. So we might spoil some of it mm-hmm. for you if you don't read all twelve issues. But that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna man up. We're gonna gird our loins or our love sacks, as it may be, or what's it called again? Sacks of love. Sacks of love. Sacks of love. We're going to gird our sacks of love. And we're going to read all 12 issues because we're going to get the full storyline. Because, like, the big twist ending at the end doesn't really mean a whole lot. We really get the whole 12 issues, which is what we're going to read. So, mm-hmm. I have read it preemptively. I'm going to warn you this is what it is. There's a lot of fucking philosophy about the way a king should serve its country and the country should serve its king. There's a lot of philosophy about that. It's so you're a, saying a good man has a tough time being a king? Yeah, and like I mean, it's it's a lot about. There's a lot of philosophy in this. This this book was written by a guy who's normally a novel writer, and I'll be honest, like the first few issues felt like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He eventually gets better. He gets more into in tune with the art of writing comics. Because I think this was his first comic that he's written. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I mean, he's known as a writer. Like, he's a smart guy. Like, he, But he's known as, like, a, a novelist and or a <laughs> written books on nonfiction and philosophy and things like that. There's a lot of philosophy in this book. But it's... I think it's worth reading. I'm excited that we read it. I'm excited for the opportunity that I have had to read it. But in reading what is there... I tried. I have it in three personal trades. I have it three individual trades. But like, I read through it, and I'm like, there's no even way to stop it other than doing all twelve issues. Like, that's kind of what you have to do to get a good grasp of what this story is. Uh, so we are next week reading uh, Black Panther: Nation Under Our Feet. Um, but that is Black Panther issues one through twelve by Tennessee Coates. Thank you. Hey, thank you all very much for joining us. Please join us next week for Black Panther. And then uh, coming up, kids, I'm warning you now, we're taking on our white whale. 
we're going to be doing Watchmen for the next the month of February. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be epic. But that will also lead us up to our 100th episode, which we're very excited to have lasted 100 episodes and not lose our minds. That's when we do Bobo Bo too. Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. Oh fuck, Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. Coming up for our books in March is March Madness. Starting on uh, Monday the 8th, I will start making posts uh, on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which uh, you have those on a pre-recorded thing, right, Brian? And tight. Twitter is at FirewaterCast. Our Instagram is FunnyBucks and Firewater. And, and our Tumblr is funny. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it on yeah you can find it. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to leave it up to you, the listeners, to throw out suggestions for us to give us ideas for uh, books to do in March. And what we'll do is about mid-February, I figure, February 12th. So that gives it about a full month. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the day before Metallica. That that is the deadline. And the day before what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal. i got to explain this right now. So I established February 13th as Metallica Day where I listen to Metallica all day and watch horror movies to prepare myself for <laughs> Valentine's Day. This was established when I was okay. very single and horrified by women. <laughs> and so I still celebrate this. And I still, from Dear Todd and our good friend Tyson, if you listen to the show, hi, Tyson, I love you. I'm sorry when you sent that group text message to, hey, look who I'm hanging out with. I said, fuck that guy. Because I meant that as a joke. He I really do love you, man. It's that. good to see you. you oh, good. Okay, I'm glad you just started laughing. <laughs> All right. Okay, good. I love Tyson. Tyson is amazing. Anyway, I still get text messages from them all the time on Metallica Day, which is February 13th, which is the day to celebrate all that is not romantic in preparation for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Maya. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to going to amend that one day earlier. Uh, Sunday the 11th of February will be the cutoff. When you do okay. send us a suggestion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever... Use the hashtag FunnyBooksMarchMadness. That way it makes it easier for me to look at all the submissions later. Uh, what I will do, and and we can get together as everyone record, or just a, a quick little record with whoever is available. Uh, I will write down every suggestion, throw it into a hat, and <coughs> we'll we'll draw out... Uh, was it, do we have four weeks in March, or do we have five? Four, yep. four Mondays in March, yes. The, fi- the 5th, the 12th, the 19th, and the 26th. I will draw four suggestions. Uh, the only requirements, um, just because I don't want people to throw like random shit out there, either it has to be a volume one of a book, or be a standalone story. Even if we've done the, the volume twos or whatever, I kind of want a fresh take on it. Um, so either volume one or a standalone story, no volume like seven of a book or anything like that. Um, just to make it easier for us um, or for other people that may not have, you know, invested six trades beforehand uh, in a book. And yeah, we'll make it fun and random. And you could send us awful shit or you can send us awesome shit either way. And if you don't send us shit, we're yep. going to make up yep. our own shit. That's what's going to happen. So we might be like, hey, you know what? I've read this terrible trade that's in my collection. I'm looking at my shelves right now, but right now I don't have any really mm-hmm. terrible shit right in front of me. Uh, what's some terrible shit that I've read? Oh, also, I would say oh, keep God. it a reasonable length. That's what she said. Uh, no, yeah. no. That's how my grandma died. No, no, omnibus, no omnibuses, huge, you know, tomes of books. Uh, keep it, we'll say like six to eight issues. We'd like to think that we have lives, but we don't really. I mean, we really record, we record a podcast about alcohol and 
but we like to keep the illusion that we do. But it's most fun with the alcohol. Yes. While we talk about it. I love I love Drunk Brian. That's true. <laughs> drunk Brian's an asshole. Don't listen to Drunk Brian. And that's it. Okay. Uh, so please send us recommendations. Please make them good because I don't want to read another Boba 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 Boba. Please, for the love of God. Dude, it could be like Fruit no. Baskets, the sequel or something. What it's the another. Fuck you is know fruit what? Baskets? Standing declaration. No manga. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Like, I've been reading some manga recently. It's not bad, but there's some stuff that I'm like, oh shit, what is this? <laughs> Bobo 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 is a very good fruit, example. Oh, fruit what Baskets is also a manga. Shit. Anyway, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.